Welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift and Wanders in Melisandre for the Accidental Aliens, as well as the upcoming project, Paradise Hills. And I am Keith Foster. I write the comics Kadoja, Three Protectors, and the upcoming and currently kickstarting book, Animals. Well, hey, party people. We're actually here in Las Vegas. We are in the midst of amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. Yeah. And we are we are two days in. We just finished Saturday. Um, and so we'll talk about that a little bit with you guys. But first off, we're not having beers as we record this. Right. Because obviously we were drinking all day at the show. We had all the beers. Yeah. And, and it's Las Vegas, so we didn't have to hide our beers. <laughs> <laughs> like the delinquents we are um we, we gave were, them to children it didn't matter <laughs> yeah so yeah everyone was not having them yeah we did not they already had their own beers <laughs> let's be real yeah so uh yeah we are taking it easy do we want to rate the beers we had at the show these first two days i mean sure why the fuck not yeah right. okay so a little behind the scene um we got into vegas on friday and did not bring ice or or ice packs, nothing inside of our cooler. Yeah. So when we got to the show, we uh, set up and realized, oh, hey, all of these drinks, every single one of them is warm. Yeah. Um, but I happened to bring peanut butter stouts from Belching Beaver. They cooled off to room temperature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it's a, you know, it's a peanut butter, it's a stout. And if you're going to have any beer, think room temperature, I think stout would probably be the best one, right? Yeah. 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 And it proved correct. Um, Keith had one. I had three of them. Yeah. yeah it is, it's one of my favorite stouts. I'm not a huge stout guy, mm-hmm. but it is definitely one that I like and love, actually. Um, Belching Beaver is a San Diego brewery, so it's always nice to represent SD for sure. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and rate that a seven and a half. It's, it's an excellent... Excellent stuff. Seven and a half out of warm. That <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great, right? That's a pretty great great. I give it an eight. Okay. Um, as warm. As warm. Yeah. Probably an eight and a half as cold. But uh, I, you're really could, giving it a twenty four because you drank three of them. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's how much I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. how rough the first day was. So, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was funny because because uh, we had. We cracked open the, the each of our first beers at whatever time, <laughs> 10 minutes after the show opened. I don't know. No, it wasn't that soon. It wasn't that soon. But um, we did that. And then, well, we had also had beers beforehand at Skinny Fats. And I can't even remember the name of the one I had, but it was quite good. It was a double dry hopped IPA. Uh, uh, and you had... You're, we're the weird ones. We are. Okay. Great memory. Yeah. yeah. We Only are because the, we also ate there again tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I... Creatures of habit. Yeah, and, and like, just location-wise, yeah. like where the convention is and where our Airbnb was, there was nothing really close by that was getting great reviews on Yelp. Yeah, and we wanted a teriyaki bowl, and they, we'd seen they had all kinds of bowls when we had you know been there on on Thursday or whatever. No, it wasn't Friday, Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so so um, um, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a day. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's talk about Friday specifically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or as I like to call it, Thursday. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that shows you, like, I mean, I'm sure you can tell from our voices, man, we're beat. I am purposely talking in my lower register because I have blown out my mid-register yeah. from talking at the show. But, um, but yeah, Friday was cool. We got in town. We got in town with enough time to hit up Skinny Fats and have a beer each. 
and have some food and then made our way to the convention center. Um, Friday was, it was, it was sporadic, but yeah. I think it was kind of good, right? Well, it, no, it was, it was okay. weird. Yeah. Cause I started well. Yes. I, I, I had like a nice consistent flow to my table. In fact, I had a really good first two hours. Yeah. And then after that, it, it cooled off for me, but it was a, still a nice first day. And I think, how about you? Um, first off, Skinny Fats, for those that don't know what that is, because I didn't, it is a chain here in Vegas. I don't know if it originated here. I think so. But it, it's awesome. Um, it's kind of the tale of two menus. Uh, hence the name, Skinny Fats. One side is more health conscious. It's under 500 calories, as the gentleman that worked there explained to us. And Thoroughly. Yes. Like, almost too much. Like, you're weird. Can you please stop saying these things, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you just linger too much um, and just said too many things. Um, and then the other half of the menu is over 500 calories. But um, I had the chicken sandwich, and it was fantastic. I oh, really right. enjoyed it. And um, obviously, they have, a, like, a, a, a little... Is it a brewery or so? Just like they, a bar. Yeah, it's a, it's like it's a separate place that's like latched on, and they have, I mean, a cooler full of beers and like twenty on draft. So yeah. they they are not hurting for for beer selection there. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just the experience there was really cool, and not only that, like it took a while for my food to come out. But Keith and I had beers, so I didn't even realize that my food was taking long. And um, I think I think she might have been the manager, uh, the store manager, and she came by and she uh, dropped off the chicken sandwich and a receipt and said, "Hey, it took longer than it should have. I gave you a refund." Yeah. And, and I thought she just and I just said, "Thank you. That's 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 great of you." Um, and I checked the receipt and she refunded me the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And like I didn't even realize it was taking long because we were enjoying our beers. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that was a great experience. If you guys are in Vegas, check it out. It's actually a really great spot. Um, like we said, we went there two two meals in a row, two days in a row. Yeah, we make no promises of you getting a refund. Yeah, zero. Like yeah. that was a special thing. Yeah. And I think she was sweet on me. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, my Friday, as far as the convention goes, um, it was weird. It was slow. I had the very minor existential crises that we've talked about <laughs> on the pod before. Um, but before I knew it, everything was a-okay. Yeah. You know, it was just like, man, I've only made X amount. And then as I say that, then the the doubles. Yeah. And then it doubled again. And then we ended up at a good spot. You yeah, know? exactly. So um, we both ended up pretty close to each other as far as what we did that first day. And, yeah. and so it's kind of like, hey, we, we got to the number that we wanted to get to. And uh, uh, both surpassed it a little bit. And so that was cool. So it was kind of like, hey, it was kind of weird and kind of slow. But we still got where we needed to go. So I think I think we're really kind of mimicking what happened at WonderCon. Right. It was just like, hey, this was weird, but we got where we needed to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and then there was today. And then there was today. Which was a very good day for both of us. Um, we both had really nice days. Again, pretty similar. You know, like you you outdid me a little yesterday. You outdid me a little today. That's pretty normal. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we, we combined for... It, we Like one of us was always busy. Yeah. And uh, and the thing, the thing I was telling Scott, which was like... I was like, dude, it's kind of weird because like you can, anytime we say something as kind of like an out loud to the cosmos, like Scott would be like, man, it'd be nice if I was selling more sets. 
And then, like, you had two sets sold in a very short time after that. Yeah. Like, I think it was even, like, the same transaction with two people. And it was like, wow, that was weird. Yeah. And then I said something like, wow, yeah, I haven't really sold, you know, any of these metal prints. And then, like, a metal print sold two hours later. Yeah, and then they bought books on top of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's like, wow. And then I was like, wow, I... I'd really like it if, like, an Australian centaur with a waffle fix station stopped by my booth, and then that happened, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just that kind of day. It was crazy. You were squirting syrup everywhere. <laughs> um, not from where you think. It was from a syrup bottle. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was the day. It was really good. Um, it was gangbusters. It was way better than any of the days we had at WonderCon, for sure. Yeah. Um, this is Keith's third, and this is my first yeah. at Amazing Con, and... And uh, I'm really happy with it. I'm really happy with the convention, and and you know, like we're we're in the black, and yeah. so that's where you want to be when you're doing shows. And so tomorrow is just like all profit, and 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 I'm excited. It's just like, man, I really hope if if I can do, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, like two thirds of what we did today, I think yeah. I would be all right. I'd be very good with that. Um, yeah. and uh, yeah, so yeah, G- yeah. good good show yeah. so far, and I'm just gonna. Speak it into existence now that, like, hey, I hope we really had a great show on that Sunday, and I yeah. think we did. So, yeah, you guys are living in the future, and we did. If we can wish an Australian centaur into existence, what can't we do, friend? But are they holding waffles? Maybe it depends on what we want. Is that what you want? <laughs> I mean, I mean, after you said it, it was like <laughs> it's the only thing I want. <laughs> um, and, and one one thing worth noting is that we we met some current friends of the podcast. And we met uh, some prospective future friends of the podcast as well, which was nice. We talked to a lot of people about craft um, and also recommended this podcast because, you know, it's a great repository of craft stuff. Yeah. Another thing that was really cool about today, and we didn't even think about it because Friday was just so weird. Something that we were able to do, which we usually do when we're tabling with each other, like we were right next to each other this time around. We weren't splitting a table. Um, We were able to do what we call the warm handoff. And so what that is, once you're done with your sale, with your customer, um, you refer them to the other person. And so we kind of made a note of that, like, man, we didn't really do that yesterday. Mm-hmm. And today we did it, and it worked like game. Well, what would you a say? Ton. Like, I mean, at least eight total. I was, that was the number I was At least say. eight total warm handoffs one way or the other. S- successful yeah. warm handoffs. Yeah, that's true. Not even not counting the countless. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like it was almost every time with us. And, and, you know, if you're going to do something like this, it's like, it's like we've done this for so long that we've read the room and like, we understand like, Oh, this one isn't going to work. You know what I mean? And so you kind of go, Oh, okay. Like, like for instance, like I had a a print cell, it was just a print cell. It's like, Mm -hmm. you can't do really do a warm handoff with that. But as far as like selling books, it's very easy to do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Hey, you dig indie comics. Like, Hey, you like good comics. This guy does good comics. Right. I had a, a, a giant monster junkie or two. It's a tough handoff. A it tough, is. And, and it, like, you could tell, like, they liked the Godzilla stuff, and then the other stuff was sort of incidental. And, it's like, yeah. and then they just quick turn. It's like, okay. Yeah, you yeah. hear it. You go, it's just like, oh, man, they're obsessed with giant monsters. It's like, okay, you don't even... It's not... It's like, if you could just, like, try. Like, hey, go check out his books, and then I could do my best to. But then, like, there's also times that's like, no, it has to be this style. Yeah. You know, and then it's just like, yeah, it's impossible. So mm-hmm. it's we've we've done this enough to where we go like I'm assuming you're doing it when you can, and if you're yeah. not, then you and then it was obvious that you couldn't. So yeah, totally. yeah it's not a big deal. Yeah, man. Uh, and and also we drank the Delirium Tremens Noel beer. That was today. Yes. That was today. Right. So you go first with that. What was your rating on that? 
Oh man. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I might be at eight. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I'd say probably eight and a half. I was. I was. I was teetering. I yeah. was teetering. Yeah. And, and it was enough. actually cold and everything. We actually had a chance. Yeah. To... We, yeah. We weren't complete <laughs> idiots this time. We actually yeah. uh, prepared a little and we got some. We, uh, we have a fridge in the Airbnb and we were able to actually show them overnight and then bring them. That's yes, always the best yeah. part. Yeah. We made some. You know, threw some uh, water bottles in the freezer. Made our makeshift uh, ice packs and whatnot, and, and it was all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I will eight eight point two five. How about oh, yeah, that? There you go. Yeah. Why me, not? Me yeah. from me in the middle. Eight point one three six four. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we're getting crazy. Yeah. We did it. All right, man. Well, hey, let's. Uh, that's it for the convention. And um, you know, if you're ever in the area next year, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. So, so uh, give it a look. Amazing Con has two. They have Amazing Con Las Vegas and Amazing Con Aloha. And so I think that's back on track, and hopefully they'll have one soon. Yeah. And so yeah, check those out if you can. Yeah, great, great comic show. Yes. One, one of the better comic shows. Very that, that well I go run. To. Yeah. Very well run. Um, and fans who like comics. Which, totally, is, which yes. is why we're talking about how, how we did well. You know, one of my concerns with Las Vegas, uh, I was telling Keith, was what if they show up Friday, right? And then they go, yeah, we're in Vegas. And they go out and they gamble all night and they lose their money. And then they just don't have enough money for the show the next day. And, and Keith pointed something out that was like just completely oblivious to me as someone that lives in a neighboring uh, state that goes there to party. He goes... No, it's the locals. The locals are here for the show. It's not a bunch of people flying in for the show. It's people that live here. So they're not here to party. They're not going to gamble all night. They're they're here for the comics. And and that rang true today, yeah. for sure. Totally. Yeah. Totally. All right, man. So uh, what was your first thing this week? Yeah, yeah. So because, we're, we, because we waited until um, Amazing Con to record this over the weekend, that means that we have a little bit more time than usual to catch up on. And so for me, the biggest thing I did was that uh, I wrote... So going into last weekend, I had a fair amount of free time to myself. My wife and kid were out of town. And so I knew that I had time to, you know, crank through a whole lot of writing. So I I have this short story on my April to-do list, right? Because um, we're still recording this in late April. And uh, I was like, well, let me, let me get cracking on this. So it was an idea I had for a short story that was kind of recent. And uh, I'm happy to say that over three days, I wrote 4,400 words. So yeah, that awesome. averages about six pages a day. You know, um, yeah, yeah, like 1,500 words a day. And what's like your that. average that you like to do? Well, I mean, the, the gold standard is, is 500 words a day or two pages. That, okay. is the, that is the writer adage that, I mean, not Steve, Stephen King's like 10 or 20 pages a day, but he's Stephen King. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the general adage that I was taught is two pages a day. Write two pages a day um, or edit for the equivalent time, you know, an hour or something like that. And if you do that, then, you know, you'll it's it's the it's the value of of decent progress every single okay. day. Um, and it's probably about the equivalent time wise of like, you know, a panel a day, something like that. It's, okay. it's the writing equivalent to that. So the, I basically did the equivalent of three panels a day. For three days. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, getting ahead of it. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I, I actually finished it. I have not looked at it yet um, because of this convention and because of what I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But it was great. It was great to do. It was great to sort of 
get it into existence, even though it's probably a bad first draft. But we'll find that out when I decide to dust it off in a couple days, a week, whatever it's going to be, once I've kind of returned from the con and gotten, you know, gotten into some other things that I want to do, too. Was that a conscious effort because we were doing the convention that you're like, I need to double up because because of the convention? It was not. Um, that's, oh. a, that's, a, that's a good question. But it was a conscious effort because I have this whole weekend. All, like, I can... What I did was I treated it like sort of a mini writer retreat in that I, I tried to set up the weekend since, again, I had nothing but free time, um, was to treat it like the writing retreat in that, like, write a little bit, do something, write a little bit, do something, and then when you get tired of writing, stop writing for the day. Okay. That's what we did, right? Like, yeah. we, we, we did the writing retreat or the creative retreat. You do it for a while until you get tired of it, then you eat. You drink, you do whatever, and you come back, you try to attack it again. You know, if you can split it up um, into multiple sessions, it's it's basically like a 2x, 3x productivity day. So, yeah, that was it. It was more a function of, I have this free time, let's try to fill it. Yeah, right on. Um, so, my first thing was, it's interesting to say this, because um, if you've listened to the pod long enough, you know that I try to do, and usually do, a panel a day. Um, another reason why that hasn't been happening uh, beyond the fact that uh, Paradise Hills is a book full of backgrounds. And as you know, if you have listened to this pod, uh, those are referred to as snakes, yeah. you know, in a burning building. And so it was just like every single panel I do of this story uh, pr- practically is a burning building. Um, and so it's just kind of like, all right, um, well, I'm also doing a Kickstarter. And uh, it's the closing hours of the Kickstarter as we record this. But that's consumed my mind. And if you've ever done one, you might understand what I'm saying. It really takes up a lot of your mental space and your, a lot of your mental energy. Um, so I haven't been able to do the panel a day for multiple reasons, but more so because of the Kickstarter. I had some time um, on, a, on a particular day and I was like, I feel like drawing. And thank goodness, because there was basically a week where I didn't feel like drawing at all and a week or two. And so I would squeeze stuff in here and there that I need to do. But overall, there wasn't a whole lot of drawing going on. There'd be a couple of days where it's like, hey, I'm feeling like this. I'm feeling like that. And I would get like some studying in. It's like, okay, let me try sketching some stuff out, like using photos as references and and like, let me redraw that, but simplify it. Like, let me just get the framework of this. So there was a couple of days of that. But one day I just, I got the energy in me and I was like, I really feel like working on Paradise Hills. And I drew um, a full on panel, uh, full of background, full of characters, start to finish. It was a lot of work. It would be equivalent to two panels like compared to some of the other stories that I do, like mm-hmm. there was just, it's chock full of background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to go through the rest of that page and, and just do a lot more extra work. So for me, it's just like, man, that I'm going to call that a win, even though it's under my standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this particular story and particularly where my mind space was, it's like a complete triumph. It's mm-hmm. like, man, this, this went really well. I was in the groove and it's nice to be back and it's nice to feel that again. Yeah. No, I, I think that that does tie into my second thing, which is the Kickstarter that is underway for me right now. And the 
Kickstarter that still has a few days to go when this airs. So uh, the Animals Kickstarter is underway. If you've backed it already, thank you. If not, there's still a little bit of time. It ends a couple days after this posts. So I believe it ends on uh, Wednesday, May 10th, something like that. Um, and, and so to your point, Scott, it's interesting that you talk about how the Kickstarter consumes your brain. And that's because I've made a conscious effort. You know, this is like, this is what Andy was talking about on the recent episode. To have a plan for every day, to work every day, and to execute that plan. And so Scott and I both have our various plans and our various actions that we want to do. Kickstarters take a lot of work if you want them to do well. Um, and, and there's no guarantee they do well. But the right. work you can do is a guarantee. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you talk about how you were happy to just you know, get in a day for drawing because I made a decision before I started this Kickstarter that for the length of this Kickstarter, the most important thing is to do the work on the Kickstarter. The creative work, it'll happen if I want it to happen. It'll happen if I, if I, ha it'll happen if I have time and it'll happen if I have the energy. And, you know, one of my favorite things about the Andy episode is that there are a lot of nuggets in there that fly right by. I listened to it multiple times, obviously, because I lived it, and then I edited it. And uh, when I went through it the second time, I was like, my God, it's just like this quick thing that means a lot if you want to unpack it. And so one of the really interesting things Andy talked about was how 50% of his time was creating and 50% of his time was promoting. That's a great guide. You know, that's a great guide for indie comics. For me, one of my, I don't want to say New Year's resolutions, but like changes in mindset going into the year was I need to spend more time promoting and less time creating because I'm like a 95-5 kind of person. Right. I love creating. Yeah. I love making stuff. But you you sort of have to undo that a little bit if you want to get your product out there, if you want to get your your love, your creative love out there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm my second thing ties into your first thing, which is just I'm in the, you know, right now I'm just doing my daily work, which is a decent chunk of work every day for the, the animals campaign. And and hey, and you and I, we're, we're sitting here working a comic convention I was, I while we are, are doing Kickstarter stuff, which is just like doubly draining, you know. So, yeah, I've I've kind of punted on committing myself to creative output. When you change that mindset, when you change the mindset of like, whatever I create, I create, and I'm not going to make myself do anything, I find myself wanting to, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's the equivalent of going like, Keith, don't create, don't create until you do this stuff. And then the, there's a little inner part of me going like, but I want to, but I want to create. It's like, but you yeah. can't. And so by keeping yourself from doing it, I, I believe I'm going to have a great deal of energy once I get back into everything, once the Kickstarter's done. Yeah, I think that's actually where my surge came from because I'm on the tail end. You yeah. Know, as of this, there's uh, as of this morning there was 52 hours. I, I can't even tell you how many hours went by. Like today, at, at was least a 85. Long, right. Yeah. That was my estimation. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I'm on the tail end of it, and it was me going like, "Yeah, you don't have the energy to create right now." But the Kickstarter is almost over. So it's just like, okay, it's time to ramp back up. Mm -hmm. Like, I think this is the most, um, quote unquote, break I've had from being creative in, in quite some time. And so my, my body, I think, needed it, number one. I think I needed to shut it down for a little bit and just kind of uh, 
get the, get the flow back. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, no, relax, reset, you know, and, and focus on this project and this Kickstarter because, you know, when you're doing these things, they are absolutely work. And, and us doing these shows, like if you've ever done a convention, you can do it one of two ways. You can kind of sit back and take stuff as it comes, or you can be proactive. And, and that's something me and Keith talked about a lot today while we were working was, uh, actually trying to make eye contact with people to try to reach out and, and Hey, how you doing? Like, Hey, do you like comics and, and talk to them and try to encourage a conversation. And you can't always expect people at shows to just wander up to your table and buy stuff. It does happen. Yeah, that absolutely does happen. But there's a lot of people out. And this was a great line by Keith. He, he said, you know, I think a lot of people want to stop and they don't even realize that they do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's rang true today. Like a lot of people that didn't want to stop to talk to, or, or was, weren't going to stop to talk to us, they stopped and talked to us and ended up buying stuff. Yeah. And it's just like that's the hustle that you have to do when you're working conventions. Yeah. It's like you can't just sit – it's like if you're not famous, if you're not well-known in the comics industry, there's no way you can expect to just sit back and expect people to buy stuff from you without trying. Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with these Kickstarters. You can't expect to put your Kickstarter up and go, yeah, if you build it, they'll come. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You have to send out the invites. Like, you can't right. just expect it. Yeah. So the hustle to contact people um, and to constantly be doing updates and posts and, like, something that I've learned on this Kickstarter is uh, creating more graphics as the Kickstarter is going. Like, I feel like that's important. And those are the things that you can do to try to... Um, not guarantee success, but line yourself up for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if your product is good and you're doing all of these extra steps, uh, you know, hopefully you will have more success than if you did nothing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, that's that's a lot of stuff Scott said. It's a lot of work that goes into it, but it's good work. And, uh, and yeah, you know, some someday we'll all be famous, but for now we need to just keep on you know, keep on going. And the funny thing is the famous people, the people where they work hard too, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so anyway, so yeah, man, that's, that's cool. Uh, what was your second thing? So my second thing was I did a double page spread for this guy that was running a Kickstarter a few months back, um, called Kadoja uh, uh, symphony of madness. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we had, um, a gag that we had actually, it was funny because Keith was like, Hey, we need something for the inside cover what do you think of this? And like, I showed him my phone where I had written down that thing. Now this is something you want to have just for the people that are there. Or actually I'm going to post it on my, my social media at some point. Cause the Kickstarter's over. Uh, Oh yeah. 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 I, I would say let's wait till the books go out. Okay. We have so, not shared what it is yet. Okay, cool. And it's, it's a fun little thing. It's fun. Yeah. And if you've listened to previous episodes, it's just a little nugget. It was a, a gag, a, a joke that we talked about that developed on the air. So, um, where it was like, yeah, I wrote that down because I thought it was funny and yeah. I was actually going to do something with it. And that turned into the inside cover. Yeah. Um, so if you backed the symphony of madness, um, to, uh, Kickstarter making comics exclusive, uh, tier, you'll be able to see that. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, the inside of it is uh, is this thing. And if and if you really want to go like deep on clue solving, it was something that I said, I think just off the dome. And yeah. then you sat on it as a joke, mm-hmm. and it was a great joke, and then you you were like Yeah, I, I can't even remember what I was gonna say. I was just sitting on that joke for like ten minutes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that was fun to do. Um, and we did it a uh, Marvel method, essentially. I just drew it, and then uh, Keith wrote something on top of it. So, yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was a fun thing to do, and hopefully you guys enjoy that. Yeah, Keith has not written the thing on top of it yet, because he's still thinking about it. Oh, right worry. on. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what I want to do. Again, this is one of those just no creative brain things. Um, so, uh, my third thing is a pretty quick thing, which I thought was... I thought it was... I, I liked it, because uh, I, I was asked for a quote on animals, um, because somebody was doing, uh, I think, a press release or, you know, one of the Invader guys was doing a press release and they were like, oh, I need a quote from you on animals. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. You know? <laughs> uh, so I, I, I thought, I thought, right. And then I was like, animals is a throwback story to a century ago when horror and mystery were intertwined and solving the plot's puzzle was what kept you turning the page against your better judgment. Oh, that's really good. Right? Yeah. I was, like, surprised. I kind of, like, thought of it and wrote it. I was like, that's actually pretty good. (laughs) That's, like, one of the better things I've written in a while. (laughs) And, like, you know, I I think well about the stuff I write. But, like, I was even like, well, that that came out pretty good. You know? I I think that was because you have been doing the Kickstarter, so you haven't been doing any creative stuff. So, it spilled out of you. (laughs) That was my creative writing for the last four days. Yeah, that was the only thing you've allowed yourself to do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that quote. So, anyway, I just just thought it was was neat that I was asked for that on the spot and then, you know, kind of pretty quickly had that happen. I was like, well, that was... I like that. So yeah, yeah. Someday I'll be writing prose again. But for now, I gotta I gotta work on my own quotes for press releases. And there you go. Right on, man. Um, th- that was it for you. Yeah, that's that was it. it for me as well. Okay, so we got a main topic, Keith. This is something you thought of. Do you want to hit us with it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, I have to queue it up on my phone. Um, yeah, that's why I said it to you because I, I do like I'm like drinking a Gatorade. Yeah, it's it's been a day. It's been a day. Yeah, so it's just like all right, I'm in recovery mode. Can you tell them what you thought of? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, talk for a little bit, motherfucker. I, I'm yeah. not going to be doing my hosting duties like I should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pulling it up. But. Yeah. So as you know from the episode title, this week's episode is finding the right story to tell. And what prompted this is actually, or was actually a recent comic. So I recommended this comic to you over the last 48 hours. It's Phantom Road by Jeff Lemire. Yes. And I finally caught up and read Phantom Road 1. And then immediately, I think Phantom Road 2 may have come out like last week or the week before All as right. we record this. And I, I, I had to read it. it it's, it's become the one book I have to read when oh, it comes top out. Top of the pile. Yeah. And, and what I loved about it is that it, it, I think Jeff Lemire is good at this. And I think he's been particularly good with a few of his last couple books. May's book is one of them. And this is another one. And what, what he can do is like Phantom Road is great because it has this awesome entry point into this story. And, and that's what I liked about May's book. It's about finding this right angle into telling a bigger story that that personal angle that character angle that that way into a story that's going to get you into this world and what he does is it's it's i love it because there's this big story that he knows about as the writer and now what he's doing is he's picking a way for you to sort of get involved in that and walk through it and sort of try to understand what the hell is going on bit by bit so that when it flourishes up into the final thing, you're going to feel really good about it, you mm-hmm. know? And so I love that, that it's this, it's this little portal through a single character as, as you're finding out what they do. So the note that I, I made was like, he, he just has this, this ability to pick a great entryway into a story and then use that as a doorway to a larger thing. You know, so, I mean, I made a couple examples, one of which is actually Phantom Road, but it's like, so let's say aliens invade. Or let's say there's a zombie outbreak 
or in these last two cases, these are the Lemire books I'm talking about. A father's dead daughter comes to him in a vision. That's May's book. A road takes a trucker to an alternate reality. That's Phantom Road. Mm. That's the story. But what he's figuring out is this awesome way to like enter the story, you know, a personal way, a character way to enter the story so that you're, you're the eyes of the character or this is, feels like it's happening to you. Yeah. And I think that's a particular gift of his. It's not, it's not a unique gift, but it's a particular gift. Mm. And, uh, and I, I wanted to share that because, you know, God, I think Gary may have posted this like in the chat, in our little three person chat, but it was something about, you know, don't write about war, write about one kid who had to go out to the store today um, and didn't come back or something like that, right? I'm I'm butchering this and Gary's probably going to yell at me once he hears this, but it was something about that, right? Like you don't, when you're writing about a big subject, you don't write about the big subject. You don't make the big subject. You make the small subject that gives you the entryway into the big subject. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense with, uh, uh, you know, his books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He definitely follows that rule. Yeah, yeah. And so because... So there may be some people right now that are listening to that and they're going like, sounds cool, Keith. But, you know, like my book can't do that. I can't do that. I do superheroes. Let's say you do superheroes. It's done there too. You know, I, yeah. that, that is, that's also Stan Lee's particular gift, right? To like Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man is a great example of a superhero book that starts small. And, uh, and it gets you into this larger stuff as it continues to unfold. One of my favorite superhero books of all time, which I talk about ad nauseum, it seems like, on this podcast, Secret Wars also does it. Mm. You know, you have all these heroes and villains on a big, you know, battle planet, right? But you you pick these entryways that become the lead characters of it. So, like, there, look, there's a ton of characters in Secret Wars, and we find out about a lot of them, and everybody's got lines and all that stuff. But, you know, at its core, Secret Wars is a story about, oh, I, I mean, I would say Captain America, Doctor Doom, the Molecule Man. Might be it. I mean, there's a couple more. You know, you have minor stuff, Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, Titania. You know, you have all these characters, and obviously you're juggling, you know, dozens of characters. Right. But it's still cool that, like, even, you know, it's not the same, right? But it's not that different either that you're picking these entry points on what the best way to tell the story is. And, you know, like, that's what this is about, right? Like, what is the best way to tell the story? What is the best sub-story to tell within this cool big idea you have? Right. Uh, actually, the example I thought you were going to bring up was Marvels. Mm, because that's a great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's told through uh, eye of uh, someone on the ground, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, and a, a great example of a small portal into a bigger world because you experience it as this reporter experiences. Mm-hmm. And then also a kingdom come, right? They use the yeah. the same thing basically. Yeah. And again, that but that's the point too, right? Like right. like if we if we sat here for a while and kept on thinking, what you're going to find is a lot of these stories are like that. You know, there's a whole lot of stories. In fact, almost all of them probably. But it's about think you know thinking that through. You know, it's it's not all of them. It's a lot of them. But even even the big stories figure out a way to do it. You know, I think Lemire has a great way of starting particularly small in these few books. Right. But everybody does it to some level. And it's about you trying to get to, you as a creator, trying to get as personal as possible for what the story demands. Yeah, that all makes sense. Um, 
You're I'm, like, we'll see you next week. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yay, yay. <laughs> no, oh, you're still here. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, man. My brain's fried. I'm trying, like, like I'm definitely, I'm with you. I'm feeling it all. Um, I'm trying to add something that you already put there, but but honestly, like, I, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a great way, I'll go first. Okay. But I think a great way of looking at this is, like, what you might do in the second shift or Wanderers of Melisande, right? Like, to use Kadoja, Kadoja starts with a phone call to Jennifer Cruz, right? The first panels are her picking up her phone in an office and then you you get some really bad news. And something I wanted to do with the first issue of Kadoja is have that little bit of a thing before we go right to the monster man, pa- man paging. Yeah, <laughs> it's like manscaping, but I'm, different. I'm, exactly, it's monster doing it. That's why it's different. <laughs> no, the monster is rampaging. And so... There was a conscious effort there to not start with the monster rampaging. There was a conscious effort to give us this character getting this phone call that, like, sorry, shit's gone wrong. And then you get to see the shit gone wrong. Right, right. So, again, it's it's not the same, but it's an element of it. And it's those elements that are important to figure out those, again, those personal angles, those narrow roads that can take you into a a wide-roaded story. Right. Yeah, I I guess I I could uh, use Second Shift 7 as a good example is that where it starts off with characters talking about the things that they're doing and hey I can and one of the characters uh and she's like hey I need a little help hey I'm busy I'm doing this I'm doing this everybody's doing something and you turn the page and the reveal is a giant kaiju uh going through downtown San Diego mm-hmm. and it's just like okay and then you cut back and you have these smaller moments, these other characters doing smaller things. Mm-hmm. But it all culminates at the end of this story with them coming together and dealing with this kaiju yeah. at, at uh, you know, in downtown San Diego, the gas lab. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it applies the most. I think this topic would apply the most for someone who is very fresh in a story. Like, I want to write a story about four-wheeled bicycles that are battling drink coolers. Right. You, you got to figure out a better way to do that. Right. right. Like it's not, that's not, I mean, th- you know, there's a difference between like a log line or a pitch line and the story. Yeah. And that's the thing you need to, to, to dig into. Right. What we've been talking about is the story. I don't know if that like the story is not how you're going to pitch the story. The story is not how you're going to tell people, you know, like Kaiju meets HP Lovecraft. Like that's the pitch. Yeah. It's not really the story. The story is these characters accessing this larger thing through their own personal past, right? And again, it's about finding those personal pasts, which gets back into the ad nauseum, write what you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know how a, a, an environment works. You know how one person within that vi- environment works. Right. And yes, it's at once obvious, intuitive, and hard. Yeah, You know, it's obvious intuitive, but like that doesn't mean you shouldn't think about it and be conscious about it and just make sure that, again, you're finding the right entry point to get into this. Mm-hmm. You know, if I mean, I think I think uh, Walking Dead is a good example of this as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you get the premise of it and it's just like, OK, it's the zombie apocalypse world. And it's not the zombies that are the main focus. It's the the character relations, mm-hmm. the smaller moments. Right. And And that's what the story really is about. And, you know, we talked about this, like the pitch should have been uh, a father and son building their relationship 
in the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like you have this larger world that's going on, but this particular story and why this story was successful was because of the smaller moments and what made the book what it was. Yeah, and and I think you bringing up that makes me think of another zombie movie, a zombie movie, 28 Days Later, and how they're both zombie things, but they're entirely different things because they are chosen with different portals into the story. And so if it's something that you, you know, I'm not saying we're assigning you homework or it'd be a great exercise. It would be an interesting exercise because it's something like it's something I've naturally done about Kadoja. Um, But I think it's something that you could do with any genre, whatever your genre is. Think about five or six stories or even more if you if you have that option in the genre and see what angle they are approaching it from. You know, Kadoja Kadoja has a lot of standard kaiju movie to it because that's by design. If you wanted a non-standard kaiju feel, look at Cloverfield. I was just talking about yeah. that at the booth, right? Yeah. Like that is that is you you have no idea what the larger story is, and your entryway is ground level through these people that are just people living in New York uh, as as the monster attack happens and how they try to navigate that. And that's entirely different from say you know Godzilla, which is going to be another different kind of story. But that's different from Shin Godzilla, which is a bunch of government people in boardrooms trying to figure out how to solve this stuff and also. Kind Kind of a, you know a comment on on government right so you can you can do it a whole lot of ways and that's just a few examples from the giant monster genre right on man i think i don't know i feel like we covered that pretty thoroughly what do you I, think that's sure <laughs> yeah yeah that that's what it was we've been up 38 hours yeah so yeah yeah um yeah so you have a homework assignment there if you want it yeah it's not mandatory but um i think that is a good exercise um, check out stuff like pick pick something you know like zombies if you want to do zombies you can do that we gave you two good examples already that were different from each other so um, pick a genre you like maybe something that you like specifically that you're into see how other successful comics movies TV shows whatever see where they're tackling that from and if you can figure that out and maybe you can figure out a different angle with your book that you're doing that you potentially haven't thought of yet yeah, and, and I think this also, this would be a particularly helpful exercise if if the story you happen to want to do is something that's popular right now. So let's say that, you know, you were listening to me a couple episodes ago and I was like, don't tell multiverse stories. You're like, no, I want to tell one. Okay, figure out the angle for it. Figure out what people aren't doing. Figure out the characters that aren't being used in this and how you can make your life experiences and your voice and all those things apply to this story so you can get your own unique entryway. Because the great thing about a lot of popular genres is they're popular for a reason. And, you know, everybody thought zombie the zombie genre was dead until Last of Us came out. And then everybody was like, I love Last of Us. Right. Because it's a twist, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a little bit different. One of my favorite books, uh, Severance by Ling Ma, is a, a a rather different take on the zombie genre as well. Uh, it's a great book, and it, it deals with zombies in a very different way, but it, it still works, right? Because she thought of a way to you know deliver an interesting angle and create a new interesting narrative out of it. Right on, man. That's freaking awesome. Um, hey, do you got any bullshit? I sort of do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's well, we got, we got we got well, we got fr- one that we got we a fresh did slab today. of bullshit from this morning. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I guess I should let me let me take a minute and I'll talk about the the one thing that was sort of on my schedule last weekend, which was record store day. Yeah. Which remember I I had prepped for that, and so I got my my spot in line, 
and I had the couple things I wanted to get at Record Store Day. I wanted to get the Miles Davis record. I wanted to get the live record by Undeath, which I have digitally, but wanted on vinyl. Um, and I wanted a Muddy Waters record. Those were the three I definitely wanted. And I didn't really have worries about any of those three because Miles Davis had a big print run. Undeath is probably not popular enough to warrant like, you know, I'm Selling not out. I'm not real worried. Yeah, I'm not I wasn't worried about Undeath and same thing with Muddy Waters. Like people like Muddy Waters, but it wasn't going to get snapped up. The stuff that got snapped up was like John Lennon, Duran Duran, like mm. rock, right? right. Like like yeah. big time rock stuff and some others. Those were the things that like became hot immediately. But when I was waiting in line, uh, which was just a short wait in line, I was like, am I missing anything? So I did a super quick scan. And it was cool because the website I chose was actual album covers. Because you can miss so much in the list. I do it with comics all the time. You see a comic and you're like, that's just a list in words. You, yes. know, you scroll right through it. And then you know, three weeks later, you see it on the stands. You're like, when did this come out? You know, Because you're looking at a cover. You can actually touch it and see it and see what the art is mm -hmm. instead of just a line. Um, but yeah, I, I found out that Eric Carr, the former drummer of KISS, had a, the late former drummer of KISS, had like some solo demo kind of things that, oh. that they then packaged as a long lost KISS solo album. So it's supposed to be in step with the other four solo albums. And uh, I'll tell this story, speaking of like a narrow thing, right? So I, I text Rachel and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm about to go in and get my records. Or I, I got my records. And she's like, cool, did you get everything you wanted? I'm like, I got everything I wanted plus the Eric Carr record. She's like, what's Eric Carr? And I was like, you know, I tell her the whole thing. And I was like, yeah, just, just something for us, us kiss suckers, you know? <laughs> and then she's like, like you, LOL, <laughs> you know, like, like you. And, and so I was like, I was hemming and hawing on it a lot. Okay. You know, like, is this going to be good? Should I get it? What's the call? And, and my logic was, I'm going to go ahead and get it. By the time I got in the record store, so they opened at 10 and they had some like a 10 slot and a 10, 15 slot. I was at 10 30. I'm like, shit, shit's probably going to be gone. You know, by the time I got in the store, last Eric car. So I, oh. pulled, I pulled it. Right. And I was like, my hunch is that because there's enough kiss fans out there, I can get this, open it, listen to it and probably still sell it for a profit. If you don't like it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the, the point was to listen to it. Yes. And not just flip it. Right. But, um, so I get it and I'm like, I'm standing, it's there in line. I'm like, I wonder if I should still get this, that kind of thing. So at the end of our time slot at 1030, they're like, Hey, anybody who's here for 1030, please take your purchases to the line, stand in line. We're going to let the less, let the next wave in. You've had your turn basically. Yeah. And so we do that. So I'm waiting in line and then this one person comes in and I'm not paying much attention, but one guy's flipping through and he says, so guy number one says, he asked the owner, hey, do you have blah, blah, blah? Guy number two goes, oh, I just got the last one of those with, with great pride, right? Like, I just got the last one. And then the, and, and then the guy number one is like, hey, you saved me some energy. I don't have to look for it. So he goes and quick gets in the line. And then guy number two, he's got a stack of records, like a stack. And he's like, okay, now for Eric Carr. You know? And I was like, I didn't have the heart to, to pull yeah. it on him. I didn't. I was gonna. I was gonna be like... Right. I got the last one of those, but, right, right. but I didn't. I just I just stood there. And yeah. then I just watched him just kind of pick through it. I ended up talking to the person ahead of me in line. I was like, I didn't have the heart to tell him that I got the last one. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but anyway, so and then I, I texted Rachel that whole thing. I'm like, see? Mm -hmm. And like sure enough, uh, as of right now, it's selling for about two and a half times what I paid for it. Oh, right on. As a sealed. So I mean, did did you like it? 
I think it's pretty good. Yeah, okay. it's it's got like good riffs, but it's definitely raw and basement tapey, okay. which sort of works to its advantage in some case. Okay. You know, like a more polished version would have been interesting, but I think it sort of works for what it is. So okay. we'll this is going to be one of those records where let's see how often I listen to it over the next year or the next three months. And if I don't listen to it much, I'll probably just sell it. Okay. You know? yeah. Which which I will certainly get my money back, if not a little bit from my time, even though it'll be opened. Right? Yeah. So all good. Again, it was it was worth it. I like the decision. It's not great, but it's actually better than I thought it would be. Because oh, I was right like, on. this oh, yeah. might be really bad. I don't yeah, know. like... A lot of that stuff isn't released for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so or I think I, I I think what happened was it's been released already, but this was a typical like special release with five new demos and and packaging. You know the thing about oh, these. Okay. Remember the I've told you the Ace Freely story, but the one record that I would keep over all the records I have is my copy of Ace Freely's solo album. Right, that's because I got it when I was young. Ace Freely himself has signed this poster inside it. And so when they released the solo albums, because Kiss was like totally collector savvy, yeah. you know, they each member had their own poster drawn in a certain style and you could interlock the four to create a mega poster. Nice. So Eric Carr had that same treatment done by a very similar artist. So like it can stand with the other four posters. Oh, very cool. So it's got like, and it's like a special colored vinyl and liner notes and photos and stuff. So it's definitely like, hey, kiss sucker collector, you know, here here you are. Yeah. Pay me money now. You know, yeah. and I was like, fine, fine, I'll pay you money. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, yeah. But the oh, other, that's very cool. Yeah, but so you want me to lead in this other thing that we were talking no, about? No, I'll lead you in on it. Yeah, um, go ahead. So uh, Keith, as he's talked about very recently, he's a huge Doctor Doom fan and has been collecting a lot of Doctor Doom covers. And I was like, I wonder if he got or knows about um, Alex Ross doing a series of variant covers for a lot of Marvel titles right now. And I knew that there was a Doctor Doom. And I thought it was for Fantastic Four, but it turns out it was for Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of strange. But um, I don't know, maybe he's in there or whatever. Um, so I, I said, hey, did you get that? And he goes, I'm looking it up right now. And he well, goes, I actually first said, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, and this is while we're waiting in line for my breakfast at Chick-fil-A. So I'm like, you're springing this on me while I'm... No, I told you here. You started looking up on the couch. Oh, you're right. I guess so. Yeah. Well, maybe it carried, carried, carried... It's been a long Chick-fil-A. day. It's been um, a long day. Yeah. That was yesterday, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I, I actually have to think about it. It's been such a long day. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mentioned it this morning as, as we were getting ready and stuff. And then Keith proceeded to uh, uh, look it up straight away. And goes, yeah, that's fucking awesome. I need to get it. And so you had a whole debacle just trying to order it, right? Yeah, well, okay, a little bit more to that, right? You told me about Dr. Doom and it was Fantastic Four. I then proceeded to look up the covers. I went to Midtown because they're the best like repository of recently released comics that haven't sold out. So I look up Fantastic Four and I'm like, there's no Dr. Doom, but there's some really cool shit here. Because it's a ton of Alex Ross covers. A ton. Um, he's been doing so many covers for them recently. So I ended up, gra- I'm like, man, I sort of have to get these. They're pretty great. So I put those in my cart. And then I st- I keep on looking. I'm like, I don't see the Dr. Doom, dude. Maybe it's sold out. And you're like, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not Fantastic Four. So I then just quick do Alex Ross, Dr. Doom cover. And then it pops up. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's like stupid good. It's like stupid good, right? Yeah. So then I go back to Midtown. I put that in my bin. And then I think I think I was continuing to build. That's when we were in Chick-fil-A. And uh, in the in the drive through, and I'm like, oh, that that looks pretty cool. That looks kind of cool. And then you saw that I had the Doctor Octopus variant of Spider Man number seven. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, so you were like, hey, 
what's that price? It was like it was like a little more than cover. Yeah, yeah. I was like, do they have it on? I was like, wait, they have Spider Man Seven on the website, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah. I said, throw two in the cart for me. I'm like, is it cover price? And you're all, no, it's eight. Yeah, and I was all, just put one in there for me. Right, and then and I was like, like, no, you mean two. <laughs> one for you and one for me. Yeah. Right? Because I can't I can't pass on that now that I think it's hot. And you'd been talking about Spider-Man 7 before. Right. That it's got a new character in it and all that yeah. stuff. Spider-Boy. So, yeah, there we go. There we yeah, go. who knows if that's going to be anything. It'll be a but... movie in like 2035. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll have two copies. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have one and I'll have one. Yeah. Well, I already have one. Oh, that's right. You do. Yeah. Okay. I already and have, and I'll one. have one. Yeah, I stupidly... Um, so I went to this other comic store. Um, SoCal was out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah I heard about it, it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I had to go to this other comic store, and they had three copies left. But I grabbed two, and I like was like, yeah, I'll get one for me and one for Ralph. Ralph's a huge comic book uh, Spider-Man fan. And then as I was gone, I was like, he had three left. I should have just grabbed all three because now I only have one copy for myself. So if this book takes off, I want to keep one because mm-hmm. that's who I am. And it's like, I don't want to just sell my only copy of it, you know? And so I kind of was kicking myself. And so when I saw it today, I was just like, yeah, yeah, give me, I'll give you, I'll pay double cover. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was it. So that was like a fresh purchase and that was enough to carry me through. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Now I just got to wait like two weeks for it to show up. Yeah, I I think I'm pretty good. I, I haven't gotten anything recently. There's a bunch of stuff on my watch list, but nothing's been you know, kind of catching my attention. I'm like, you know what? I can chill out. And then, you know, we're just so freaking busy right now. Like yeah. it kind of makes me go like the last thing I want to do right now is go search for a bunch of stuff. But like today when I, it was in my face, I'm all, yeah, just give me another copy. Yeah, like totally. when it's there, like, yeah, again, I didn't, who ex- am I, I to turn it away? I didn't expect that to turn into me buying, you know, five, six comics, whatever it was. It just sort of happened. Right. Yeah. Know? Um, yeah, man, that's all I got. Yeah, me too. That's it. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, you could find me. Oh, uh, wait. We already read the beers. Yeah. You can find me at Scott Lost, S C O T T L O S T, on Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Scott Lost. If you want to pick up my books uh, at accidentalaliens.com, you can get Second Shift, uh, Minimum Wage Superheroes, and Wanders of Melisanda, Anthropomorphic Dinosaurs versus Humans. And there's also three anthologies that have been very hot at conventions lately. And uh, you can get those there. AccidentalAliens.com Anthologies are red hot. That's Fishbone is red hot. But I also can't sing because my voice is shot. <laughs> oh, I can't sing because I don't have the talent to do it. That's reason number one. And then my voice is shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, uh, I, I generally do Instagram. It's Keith underscore Invader. Um, I encourage you to join my email list um, on KeithRFoster.com. You just scroll down and then you type in your email and you can join that. Um, I'm going to try to send it out monthly. For the first couple months, I have some exclusive content out there. I've got an animal's backup story. Um, And no matter what happens with that animal's backup story, it's going to be first to the emailing list. Right? I'll probably do something with it later, but um, but email list gets it first and you're getting it two pages at a time. And then I'm also doing some things like movie reviews. So in the first one, I reviewed Godzilla versus Megalon. And, uh, and and had some stuff going on with that. So And, of course, talked about some books and stuff I, I have on the way. So, yeah, man, KeithRFoster.com. There's a mailing list. Again, Instagram, Keith underscore Invader. Boom. There it is, people. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can hit us up at makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Uh, whatever whatever you feel like saying to us you could say to us there yeah or you can also hit us up on our social medias like all those things work yeah yeah and and so check this out 
Scott and I, we've been awake for at least the last 750 hours. Mm-hmm. Estimate. Yeah. We, we, we just worked 119 hours in a row at a comic show. Accurate. We are, we are tired. And yet, we came through with a podcast here. Right, like I, I equated, I equated something. This is actually a better uh, example of like I equated something earlier to like you're playing pickup at the gym basketball, and like you get to that, you play four games and you're tired, and then somebody's like, and you're the one that if you don't play, they can't run a fifth back, and you're like, oh fine, I'll run it, you know. Right. And then the damn thing goes to eleven, eleven, even though you're you're playing to eleven, and and you're like. Gotta Man, win by two. I gotta win by two. We gotta score. We gotta stop them on defense, and then we gotta score again, and then I can go home, right? And so, uh, so yeah, man, it's it's a certain type of like great exhaustion, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I think we're ready. We're ready to to call in an evening and get ready for the final day. And hey, we we're we're grinding through this, so that means you you gotta give us five stars, man. You know the deal. Spotify, Apple. Um, I don't think Stitcher does it. I mean, those those are the, the big three uh, podcast things, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, man, rate us if you can. Rate us five. Uh, take take it all the way to the top. We'll see you next week. Yay! Yeah, yeah.